Hey, what's going on, guys? I want to give a couple shout-outs real quick before we start the podcast. Uh, if you guys are looking for a uh, good maintenance or anything like that with your yard or any handiwork around the house, you can let my friends uh, T and Brandon know at Ready Mo. It's on Facebook. My brother Logan, if you need any photography when it comes to drones, uh, high-altitude photography, stuff like that, uh, look them up on Instagram. It's the Sky Guy T-H-E underscore S-K-E-Y-E underscore G-U-Y, the Sky Guy on IG. And if you want to do some pictures, photography with your cars, look at my look at my buddy Joseph. He's on Instagram as well. JM underscore ZC6 on IG. And then if you guys want a good uh, window cleaning, look up Berry Hill Window Cleaning on Instagram. They're located in Tennessee and in Arkansas as well. Look up uh, my brother David V. Hill is uh, Lambert Entertainment. It's on IG as well. And on YouTube, if you guys are into movies. And uh, look up, uh, also too, uh, if you guys need some concrete work done here in Middle Tennessee area or in Tennessee. His name is Travis Reed. His business is called G.H. Reed Concrete. It's on Facebook. Alright guys, that's all I got. Thank you for listening. Now let's get back to the show. What's up everybody, I'm Silk. Hey, what's going on guys, I'm Drewski. Hey, don't touch that. Don't touch that! Welcome to Crypto Warfare! And if you have a story or encounter, shoot us an email or a detailed voice message to cryptidwarfare at gmail.com. That's C-R-Y-P-T-I-D-W-A-R-F-A-R-E at gmail.com. <laughs> Alright, hey, what's going on guys? This is Drew. And this is Z-Baby. Hey, what's going on, guys? We want to thank you for tuning in to Cryptid Warfare. Uh, guys, we got a special guest today. He's a good brother in Christ. Um, he is uh, – hey, God bless you, man. Thank you for your service. Uh, he's a, he's an Army vet. Uh, he, um, he, uh, he's, he's a rapper, too. He's got some good stuff out there, guys. you got to tag up and listen to him. we got Josh Monday on the podcast Monday. today, guys. What's Monday. up, guys? How you guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me. Yeah, uh, military, and uh, yeah, I'm a Christian rapper, and just uh, we and we have a show called Josh Monday Christian and Conspiracy Podcast. Uh, it's me and my brother, and uh, we just take a conspiracy and show you how it relates to the Bible. Before we started this, we prayed, which is which is awesome, man, and that that's the way to do it, man, to start it out because uh, I think the the conspiracy that most related to the Bible is what we're gonna talk about today for sure. Um, you could just go verse by verse by verse by verse by verse, uh, and and it's going to be flat Earth from a biblical perspective. So everybody that's listening, um, you know, this is a, a subject where some people might get upset or whatever. But guys, this is just all we're doing is going verse by verse, um, and just having fun with it, and um, and just kind of showing you uh, the difference between what man says and what God says. Uh, you got to keep in mind, um, faith comes by hearing the word of God, right? So uh, Romans 10, 17 says, so, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But I say, have they not heard? Um, so that's the first thing you got to keep in mind. Also, you got to keep in mind, 2 Timothy 3, 16 says, all scripture is inspired is by inspiration of God and is profitable 
for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So if uh, Paul is saying all scripture, that's what he means. All scripture is inspired by the word of God. And we have one more to go over before we start. It's 1 Timothy 6, 20 through 21. It says, O Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust, avoiding profane, vain babblings and oppositions of science falsely so-called, which some professing have erred concerning the faith. Grace be to thee. Amen. The first to Timothy was written for Laodicea, which is the, the chiefest city of Phygia, Pacantiana. I probably totally butchered that. <laughs> but, <laughs> it's all good. great in my book. It's all brother. good, man. <laughs> but, but guys, you got to understand, there's going to be uh, oppositions of science, okay? That that's yeah. gonna that's gonna challenge your faith, okay? Uh, that's that's something that I like to do on the show, and uh, and I'll, you know, and just get right into it, and and kind of, you know, show you guys that uh, the Bible, you know, it never changes. But science, it changes like underwear, okay? So you just have to understand that. So the Bible, the Word of God never changes, uh, uh, and, and science, it changes like, like underwear, okay, guys? So uh, any questions so far, guys, or are you guys ready to crush this? Let's crush it, man. Right, let's, let's do it. All right, cool. So first off, i like to say this. Um, if you asked people, like, does Joe Biden lie? And a lot of people would say, yes, Joe Biden lies. Uh, does Nancy Pelosi lie? They would say yes. Uh, if you ask, do the CIA lie? They say yes. Does the FBI lie? Yes. Do police lie? Yes. Uh, sheriffs? Yes. I know. I work with them. Yes. <laughs> and I work with the Army. The Army lies too. Yep. Man, they lie all the time. So we got to understand something. But when I ask somebody, does NASA lie? People will just be like, no, NASA doesn't lie. Yes. They, why would they? <laughs> but we got to understand. They're all government organizations. They get $18 billion a year, uh, which is interesting too, because six, you know, six plus six plus six is 18, but $18 billion a year. So there's a lot to fight for for them. Okay, guys. So, uh, all right. Well, let's get into uh, what the scientists say. All right. First, uh, what I think we should do as a Christian, we should filter science through the Bible. And um, not not try to filter the Bible through science, because what happens is when when when, you know, Paul says that all scripture is inspired by the word of God, um, or it's inspired by God. We have to understand that all of it is. So what happens with some people is they try to take uh, Genesis, for example, <clears throat> and tell you it's an allegory or, you know, because it doesn't match up with science. But for me. The way I do it is I read I read Genesis uh, line by line, and I don't add to the to the scriptures, and I don't take away from it, because what happens with with some people that do that is they are uh, they're basically uh, taking like eighty percent of scripture and fully believing it, but twenty percent they're just like no, we don't believe that because it's not matching up with what science is telling us, but we can't do that. So let's find out what the scientists say real quick, okay, guys? So Well, real quick on that. Like yes, that sir. reminds me, um, while in college, I went to a college group, and there was a famous world-renowned geologist. His name is John Mackay. And easy way to remember it, John Mackay, the creation guy. But he would travel the world and explain geology and teach it and go to all these excavation sites. 
and there would be um, a lot of a lot of um, archaeologists and things at these dig sites, and they would literally find footprints that would date the same age as as dinosaur footprint footprints, and there would even be bones from pe- um, of people and of dinosaurs. Yep. But but these other archaeologists who were evolutionists, uh, if that's a word, <laughs> yes. um, they chose they literally chose not to turn around and look at it. Even yeah. though the evidence was all right there, and they've even found dinosaur bones. Uh, I know this is going off on a little tangent, but dinosaur it's bones okay. with actual like um, red blood cells in them, and that does not mean yes. that they're millions of years old. They're they're thousands yes. at that point. And I'm like, man, dude, it's just so crazy how um I just say there's a lot a lot like of uh demonic oh. forces that that, that are going on that just want control and power. Oh, bro, it's a spiritual and they're warfare manipulating hands down, dude. So okay, so the, the gentleman that you were mentioning, okay, so. He's allowed to bring up archaeology, and some people would say they're not going to argue with him. You know, they're like, okay, they'll probably say, hey, no, that's not true, but they're going to be okay with it. You can have Ken Ham come in and, and, and argue biology, like evolution is not true, and and then people would, would are still okay listening to him, and it's okay. Or also psychology, you could say, hey, that's demonic warfare, demonic warfare happening to you when you're depressed stressful and people will be okay they're not going to argue too much with you but once you question cosmology see what happens there is a <laughs> demon behind that because they will yep. fight you and they will argue with you and they will not listen because indoctrination from the educational system so now some people will fight evolution too but it's not like the same when you when you mention the cosmology biblical cosmology versus scientific so i think you have an excellent point and it goes along with this 100%, bro, because um, there, I'm going to be mentioning the, the, the scientific trinity, which involves exactly what you spoke about. First, let's go with the, with the, with the earth, okay? Let's find out what's, what the what scientists say about that because it gets interesting, very interesting. So the way that you become a flat earther, I say, is to study what the, what the scientists say right now. And you're going to go, what? <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> All right. So on, check this out. Uh so the Earth is at a 23.4 degree axis, right? Yep. And uh, I don't know. The people can't see me right now, but I'm, I'm kind of showing the, the, my hands up like an Earth, okay? And it's spinning at 1,000 miles an hour. Now, it, it's spinning at 1,000 miles an hour. Uh, you know, we could kind of m- probably maybe accept that, even though it's pretty fast, even though people think, oh, it's 1,000. It's huge. But uh, that's like half the speed of a bullet, if you guys understand that. But yeah. here's the part. That even people that are globers uh, just just tell me uh, they don't they're kind of surprised. It's rotating around the sun at sixty six thousand six hundred miles an hour. Okay, guys, that part right there to me is insane because yeah. the fastest bullet travels at twenty six hundred feet per second. That's equivalent to eighteen hundred miles an hour. So they're trying to tell you that you're going. 30 times faster than a bullet rotating around the sun and we're not feeling anything while we're spinning, okay? So that to me, 30 times faster than a bullet. Now, I've seen people in in jets that are military. I, I'm, I'm prior military. I have not been in the jet with them, but I've watched it. You know, I, like to, I used to like to watch those kind of videos. And in a jet, when you're going Mach 1, Mach 2, whatever, it looks like the person's about to pass out, and they are in a enclosed system. Okay, yeah. uh, they're going, you know, 2,000 miles an hour, maybe 1,800, maybe 1,500 in a jet, and it looks like they're gonna pass out. 
and they have to take special training just and special gear to go that fast. So they're trying to tell us that in a in not even an enclosed system that uh, they say that it's air pressure uh, enclosed somehow with the vacuum, but we're going 66,600 miles an hour rotating around the sun. That's that to insane. me. That to me is insane. And they try to teach us this ever since we're like in first grade. Uh, they are. They already have the globe in the classroom. So once they teach you this, it, it you know when you're a kid you don't even understand how fast that is. You can't even comprehend it. No. It always kind of real quick. It always kind of reminds me of kind of like the MK Ultra, like the pre-programming of your mind. They're just throwing stuff at you, throwing stuff at you. You know, it just yeah. whatever they want you to believe. Exactly. That's the thing. They're throwing stuff at you. I believe because we're we're all Christians here. If you understand Ephesians six twelve. Where it's talking about that we're not fighting against flesh and blood, we're fighting against principalities of evil, yeah. right? This ty- that type of stuff is true. So we're they're playing 3D chess, and and we're over here still playing checkers. Okay, we have to understand <laughs> that 3D chess is being played at all times on a spiritual level. Uh, I'm talking about the people that that run stuff, uh, the people that bought the educational system and, and was the Rockefellers. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're teaching you, and they bought it soon as this stuff was rolling out, okay? They bought it soon as this stuff was rolling out. So you're getting fed and indoctrinated through school with everything that are God killers, okay, guys? You guys you guys are going to see that. as I, as I They try to kill God, but they can't kill God, but I'm just telling you. Uh, mentally God killers. We'll go over it. So one thing about the 66,000 miles an hour, uh, 66,600, right? is what my dad used to drive a bus when I was younger and I used to stand up on the bus as he was driving. We used to have fun and then we would fall, you know, it's going like maybe 40 miles an hour, right? It's hard to stand on that because you can't keep your balance. But when you're, when you're going 66,600 miles an hour, rotating around the sun, spinning at a thousand miles an hour, uh, I'm not, I'm not falling all over the place. I'm able to stand now. And another interesting thing that's, that's cool is, is, is my wife, she has motion sickness whenever I drive in the car and she's reading. She feels motion immediately. If I take her on a cruise ship, she gets sick. If I have her in a car and she's reading, she gets sick. But she could sit on my lawn, excuse me. She can sit on my lawn <laughs> and read a book, no problem. Even though the, 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 the even though she's rotating backwards and we're rotating around the sun at 66,600 miles an hour. She has no problem doing that. So I don't believe that that statement, if they're saying that, for me is true. And then also an earthquake is another thing that kind of that kind of throws me off cuz I'm in Rialto, California. If there's a earthquake in Riverside, I feel it. So when the earth moves or shakes, I feel it. So why is it I don't feel it when it's rotating around the sun at 66,600 miles an hour? Mm. So, well, I would think that some of this um could be theory like on their end cuz like whenever I brought up John Mackay earlier, he said as he was getting it was either his masters or his doctorate. Um, his his professor, they would give like the end of the year exam, and it was some, something like super intensive where they had to date a rock. And at the end um, of the year, everybody turned in their their analysis on the age. And the doctor said, um, "Are there teacher? Yeah, yeah. His he, his teacher said, well, all you guys pass because once once it's passed like a certain like a, amount of time, it's just a guess. Yeah, it's just so a like, guess to it. Crazy because you never know what it originally started with because you don't even know what was going on at that time." That's yep. the thing. So they never they don't have an original uh, 
original uh, sample of it. You know, they just have what it is now. So they're just trying to backdate it. So, yeah, that gets interesting. So here's another thing that's crazy. The moon, they say it orbits uh, the Earth at 22 – or sorry, 2,288 miles an hour, okay? So think about that. A bullet travels at 1,800 miles an hour. They say that the moon is orbiting us at 2,200 miles an hour, okay? That's I, – I know, guys, go outside. Take a look at the moon. You're going to see it. It's going to be slow as molasses, okay? <laughs> so I just think it's interesting. The other thing that's hard to swallow for me, they say that the universe moves through space. Uh, there's One says 480. The other one says 525,000 miles an hour. So that means that everything is moving all together at 525,000 miles an hour. Where's it moving to? I have no clue. I have no idea. It's just moving. Everything's moving, okay? And if you look at there's there's a thing on NASA where it shows you everything kind of spinning, moving, rotating, and everything going on at once so you can see everything doing it that. Um, it's insane, okay? It's like, are you serious? We're doing all those maneuvers and everything, and, and people are, are, are scared of, of uh, what, you know, the, the sickness that was out? I'd be scared of an of a, an asteroid hitting us, bro. Can you imagine hitting an asteroid at sixty six thousand six hundred miles an hour, bro? That's insane. It's over, bro. But one thing Take I the, noticed, it's over. Take the L out of lover, and it's over, bro. <laughs> yeah. So all what I notice is I see the same stars. You know, we're not. It's not. The stars would probably be looking like uh, if you guys seen warp speed. Yep, right, you would like probably Star be looking Wars. like Star Wars warp speed because we'd be moving so fast. So it would be hard to sit there and focus on a star. Hard right. to focus on the moon when it's moving 2,200 miles an hour. How? I mean, what, dude? A bullet. I've shot so many bullets, bro, and it is it it is so fast. You know, and that I'm talking about the fastest bullet recorded. Okay, so obviously you're not going to be able to see any of that. So it's it's to me insane. Um. The closest star, okay? The closest star, okay? This is this is more stuff that just goes, are you kidding me? Okay, 4.4 light years away. So that's the way they put it to you so that you go, oh, light years. Okay, that, that sounds like something cool. Yeah, it, it's, it's one light year is 6 trillion miles, okay? So 4.4 light years away means the closest star is 24 trillion miles away. The closest. So when you're looking up... You know, I don't know if you uh, – some people don't even have good eyes, but I don't know how my eyes are able to see 24 trillion miles away, the closest. There's some that are a 1,000 light years away, a million light years away that they talk about. That's numbers you can never fathom. What's yeah. that? What that is trying to do for you, okay, is try to prove the Big Bang. They need it far – as far away as they can. So that they could try to do this backward math and tell you, well, that this is how long it takes for light to travel. So this is going to prove our Big Bang theory, right? Uh, stuff like that. So we have that. Um, I don't know how that sounds to you guys, but that's 24 trillion light years. I mean, 24 trillion miles away. It's just unfathomable for the mind. And that's what they want you to be. You have no idea. Okay, here's another insane thing. The closest galaxy, all right? So this we have our our, um, our galaxy. They say the closest galaxy to us is 2.5 million light years away. You'd have to take 2.5 million and times it by a trillion 
for you to find out, or six trillion to find out how far away that is. Yes. This is insanity. Okay. <laughs> insane. So the interesting thing is if you look at what the Bible says, I'm going to go over it. Um, but this part is a good part to just throw this in there. It says that the moon, the sun, and the stars are in the firmament. In, like I'm inside the room. So it's inside the firmament, right? So, um, and it says that God's throne is above the firmament. I can read a bunch of that. So what you got to well, understand. They call him the most high. They call him the most high because he's actually the most high of creation. Yep. A firmament. Water above the firmament, above that is his throne. Now understand something. If you took the scientific approach that I just kind of went over with you guys, and it's an ever-expanding universe, and you put the moon, sun, and the stars in the firmament, and God's throne is above the firmament, you would have the earth, this little speck of dust, and on the outside of these galaxies that they keep speaking about would be God's throne, and it would be moving further and further. And further and further away because it's mm -hmm. ever expanding. So you guys got to understand something. What science is doing is is exactly that. They're taking God and they're moving him further and further and further and further away from you. So you never understand how close he actually is. So it it, it just gets interesting. So all right, <clears throat> we'll go over uh, any questions so far, guys. No man, it makes a lot of sense too. And like you're talking about, just just in everything in general. When it comes to like science, when it comes to just everything, like different religions that are, I call them fallen angel religions, whatever, they're trying to disprove God in every single way or form possible, trying to get us away from the truth, trying to make us confused. Because we all know that God isn't a God of confusion. He's a God of order, you know. Amen. Yeah. Just, yeah. Amen. And that's exactly what's happening. And, and, uh, the reason, another reason why they have these galaxies and galaxies upon galaxies upon galaxies is because they want to make it statistically possible for life to come naturally with without God. So that's why they have these theories of all these galaxies so that when you have billions of galaxies, they're like, well, the statistic chances of us having life perfectly on this planet becomes more achievable by natural means, okay? Well, let's go over what they say about these natural means. We have a scientific trinity. First one is going to be the Big Bang. The second one would be the theory of evolution. So we have the Big Bang theory. Okay, guys, not Big Bang fact. We have the uh, theory of evolution. And also, I say the theory of a heliocentric solar system. Okay, first off, Big Bang, George Lamontre. Uh, he was actually a Belgian cosmologist, Catholic priest. They say Jesuit priest. Um, if you were in any type of conspiracy theory world at all, uh, you know, you understand that we get a red flag when you hear Jesuit. I don't know about you guys, but that's yeah. that's what it is for me. Jesuits, so we have a yeah. Jesuit priest. They actually have the most astrologists uh, out of anybody. The, the, the Jesuits, out of any religion, out of any business, anything. If you look at there's a list of Jesuit cosmologists, you're going to see a, a ton of them, okay? He said roughly 13.8 billion years ago that uh, that the Earth started. It was like a pin. Or not the Earth. I'm sorry. The whole entire uh, solar system. It was like a pin and out of the universe. So it was a pin, and then all of a sudden it exploded, and, uh, and, and it caused 
everything to gravity caused everything to come back together, right? So you have uh, the sun, or, or actually, it says first it says that the stars formed, and then it says that uh, the moon. I don't know why it says the moon formed at this time. That's crazy. And then it says the sun, and then it says the earth formed, and then the other planets. So you you keep that in mind when I go over Genesis, uh, you know, because it, it's 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 like take they take Genesis and they put it in a blender and then they serve it to these kids so that when they read the Bible. They go, oh, that's not true. This not yeah. true. This can't be true. Nope. Thousands of years. Nope. It's true. It's billions. So we have that evolution. This is coming from Charles Darwin. Uh, his grandpa, 33 degree Freemason. His dad, probably a Freemason. Him, I can't prove it. For some reason, they don't have that 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 part of history on him. But I see that his his grandpa, which is the one that came up with the theory of evolution to begin with. And then all of a sudden it passed down to his son or his grandson, and he took it over and he published it. Okay. It came, he was in the Royal Society, though. If you guys look at the Royal Society, that's where dinosaurs came from. Okay. That's when it started. The, mm -hmm. the, the Royal Society, they came out, there was like Bones Wars. You guys can look it up. But, just get okay. Stuff, Royal Society. Is, I'm writing notes, brother. Hold on. I'm writing notes. Keep going. Oh, it's good. Okay. The Royal Society, if you guys look it up, um, is there any Christians involved? Yeah, there might be a few Christians that are scientists, but creationists that actually get to be in that. But the Royal Society is ran by King Charles, okay? The Royal Society. There is like a, there's like a, uh, a, a, I would say like a board of representatives for the Royal Society. And if you look it up, you're going to find dinosaurs, evolution, and stuff that's, that we're, that's going to be combating against God. And, uh, you know, Look up any scientist that you that you think of that that is uh you know Richard Darwin evolutionist he's part of yeah. the Royal Society you're gonna find all these people it's almost like a Freemason Illuminati thing for for these uh, you know society for these scientists yep and if you want to get stuff published you're gonna have to go to the Royal Society and probably get approval now if you are a creationist you're gonna have to fight tooth and nail to get anything approved but if you are an evolutionist and you are going to be able to get approved. So you're going to find out that scientists are being censored just to get stuff published. This is this is not a lie. This is the truth. Okay, guys? So it, it gets really interesting. Now, the third one is the heliocentric globe. That came from Copernicus, okay? Uh, they say that he was also a well-known occultist. There's actually a Freemason Lodge. It's CHP 246. And it's named Copernic after Copernicus. So we have him. Uh, he uh, was also a Catholic priest. Now, he didn't release this information uh, until they didn't release it until, the, until the, the month that he was dying. They say that Copernicus was on his deathbed and they were pushing him and pushing him to release this information. Because at the time when people were reading the Bible and understanding the Bible, and didn't have cell phones and all this stuff to, to keep you away from it. People knew that when they heard this information, that it went against the word of God back then, right? People mm -hmm. were fighting tooth and nail. Uh, if you look up um, the uh, John Calvin, if you look up, I'm not Calvinist at all, okay? I'm, no, yeah. I'm non-denominational. Uh, if you look up uh, Martin Luther, they all had stuff against this. This is a cult. They're trying to make sun worship. The, the, the moon and the sun, uh, they move in the Bible, not 
you know, that the sun doesn't stay still. There's all this stuff that they were saying against this, okay? And they were saying this is a cult. And and the Catholic Church, no offense to any Catholics, okay? I'm not Catholic, though, at all, whatsoever. They were trying to bring this out. This changed the Gregorian or the Julian calendar to Gregorian calendar. That's one thing they did. So now they make it so we don't know what day it is, okay? They also make it so you don't know what is up and what is down because we're rotating. So when you read the Bible, it says that Enoch— got caught up to heaven. Jesus ascended up to heaven. Uh, if, if you guys could see this. Uh, Elijah, the, same thing. Elijah up to heaven. Uh, Paul caught, got caught up to the third heaven. Uh, if you guys could see this, it's a flat surface. You're going to always know which way is up on a, on a, if it's a flat earth. I know there's mountains and all that. I'm just telling you guys, if it's flat and not the globe, you're going to know which way is up. When it's a globe and it's rotating, you have no idea which way is up. Okay. At all. Because uh, you'd have to catch it perfectly to go up to heaven, okay? Uh, so it gets it gets interesting. So there's those are the another thing I, I thought was interesting is uh, Copernicus. Uh, he says that the sun sits enthroned in the in the middle, right? Enthroned in its most beautiful temple. That's the way he's his writing says it. So enthroned the sun. Look up Freemasonry. Look up uh, Egyptian. Look up all these different – look up the phallus that we have at Washington, D.C. All this stuff is sun worship, Ra. Uh, you have Nimrod, which is Babylonian. You have well, Apollo. Yeah, I agree. If you, if you look at the whole layout of the whole Freemasonry thing, they have like a checkered board, right? They got the moon. They got the sun. But they also have a firmament above it. They do. Good job. Yep. You know? They yeah, have a firmament. It's really, it's really interesting. It's yeah. hidden in plain sight. Yep. So, But you guys got to understand the sun worship. Everything revolves around the sun. Uh, we need to have plants and animals of vegetation because of the sun. We need to have life because of the sun. And their God is gravity because it exploded. And guys, I've been through, I've been in the military. I've thrown grenades and I've got down. And every time that there's an explosion, it's, it causes destruction. I've never, ever seen a Like, okay, check out an atom bomb. In Nagasaki, what they do? It exploded. The atom bomb, uh, allegedly, I don't know, it exploded. You never seen the buildings come back together? No, it explodes <laughs> and everything goes, it descends, explode. Everything yeah. explodes. Never have you seen. Now, an atom bomb would be a way that that that, it, that explosion should have caused an, an extra planet to, to form or something crazy. But no, it exploded and all the houses blew up. I didn't see any library explode and all of a sudden all the books came back together because of gravity. No, it exploded. And that's it. So the Big Bang Theory to me just sounds like another thing to get you to believe in billions of years so that they can have the theory of evolution fit. Yeah. Okay? And if you take that puzzle piece, evolution, the Big Bang, and you try to take it and the heliocentric globe model – and you try to fit it into the Bible and in this puzzle piece, it just does not fit. If you watch debates between evolutionists and creationists or biblical creationists, what you're going to find out, and, and let's say they're theistic evolutionists, they believe in the Bible, you're going to find out in the debate, one, of, one side is using verse after verse after verse to explain, and the theistic evolution side is using science, even though they believe in the Bible, because it does not fit biblically. So you're not going to see him using the Bible, which you should be using if you're a Christian, right? That's your yeah, foundation. Yeah, they're not going to use it to back it up. 
Exactly. So it gets interesting. So, all right. So we have all the stuff that scientists say. Now let's get into what the Bible says, the real truth, the, 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 the part that matters to us as Christians the most, you know, or if you're Jewish or if you read the Quran, or if you're, if you're whatever, you got to understand this, this part should be the most important to you. Um, so here we go. So imagine this. Okay, guys, God was with Moses for 40 days and 40 nights on Mount Sinai. Okay. Uh, Moses is the author of Genesis, the first five books of the Torah. So he told him about the law. He, I think he explained to him how he created the earth. And, and, and I think that when, when you're, if you're able to speak to God, like he was, and God's telling you how he created the earth or how to do the laws, Moses ain't putting his own spin on it. You know what I mean? God never told him, all right, look, Moses, kick me a beat. I'm going to sing you a song. It's going to be an allegory and poetry, but I just want you to explain it to the people. The Torah is sacred to these people. Sacred. This is God's word. They believe it's God inspired. They're taking it literal. This is not some, uh, uh, no offense to anybody that's liberal or anything, like liberal seminary school teaching you, okay, this is going to be an allegory. This is going to be poetic. And, and I'm not telling you guys that, that some stuff in the Bible is not like when it says the earth is thirsty, that, that the earth is not like thirsty like we are. But it, there is some poeticness to the Bible. I'm not, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But, the, the, but Genesis, I think that the Torah, if you read Genesis, I don't believe in any way I take it poetic. I believe that God talked to Moses and this is the way he explained it to him. Okay. So – Let's get into that real quick. Any any questions on the science part? I think we're moving along perfect. That's good, man. No, well, I could. I want to highly recommend this website. It is. Um, they are Christian and they're all scientists and they back everything. Um, everything up with scripture, but it's called icr.org. Um, I don't know if you've heard of that one, Josh. No, I haven't. Dude, Thank it's you. Institution for Creation Research. Um, they have several books. Like one goes over the basic basic biology. Another one goes over um, animals and things like that and where they come from, how they're created uh, for even children to understand. And nice. um, it's amazing. They even have like little short 60 second videos and stuff. But anyway, I would highly recommend you guys checking in the site. I'll put that in the show notes as well. Perfect. Yeah. And then Ken, Ken Hoven has some pretty good stuff on evolution versus uh, creation. OK, he has some good stuff. He does not believe in the big doesn't does not believe in uh the, the the flat earth at all so he does good on the biology part so let's get into uh the word of god genesis okay so day one genesis one uh one through two in the beginning god created the heaven and the earth and the earth was without form and void and the darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of god moved upon the face of the waters so you have day one uh, it says God created the heaven and the earth. Heaven could be sky. Heaven could be, uh, there's three heavens. One of them would be the sky. One of them would be where the moon, sun, and the stars are. And the third heaven would be where God's throne is. So this one says heaven and the earth. Earth, if you look it up, it doesn't mean around earth. It just means land, okay? So right here, this is the way I interpret it. In the beginning, God created the heaven, the sky. So he's got the layout. And he created the earth. I believe he created the foundations. The reason why I believe that, it says, and the earth was without form and void, and the darkness was upon a face of the deep. The deep is called the abuso. 
The Abuso is where you see the Antichrist come out of, and the Abuso was where the fallen angels are locked in. So mm -hmm. it looks like he created, yes. for me, he created the foundations of the earth and the sky at this point, okay? And it says, the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. So it's Elohim created the heaven and the earth. So I believe that Elohim is plural. It's going to be God the Father. It's created through Jesus, 1 Corinthians 16, through him, by him, and for him. And he is the word. So God is using Jesus to speak the word and create. He speak it and it becometh, right? And then his Holy Spirit is moving upon the face of the waters. Day two, God created the oceans, okay, the seas, and the firmament. It says he separated the waters from the waters, the <laughs> waters from above the firmament, from the waters from below. So now you have a firmament, firm, right? Not expanse, not sky, not canopy, firm. And if you look in the if you look into this the Septuagint, the word for firmament is stereoma, which means solid. Uh, the word for uh, in, in in Hebrew is rakia, solid, beaten out. Uh, uh, and, and some of it says beaten out dome. So this is what they, they believed. Okay. And if you have water above the firmament, you need to have something solid to hold up that water. He said yeah. it separated the waters from above from the waters from below. The waters from below would be the seas. So right now, all you have for me is a foundation, the abuso shield, I believe was created because it says darkness. Uh, was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the Abuso. Um, and then you have uh, the sky, and now you have a firmament. So now you have waters above the firmament, waters below, which is the sea. Day three, God created the dry land, the plants, and the vegetation. So now you have the continents, the dry land, right? And then you have the vegetation. You have the seas, the continents, the vegetation. That's what you have. Day, it wasn't until day four that God created the greater light to rule the day, which is the sun, and the lesser light to rule the night, which is the moon. Two great lights is what the Bible says. It doesn't say one great light, okay, to, 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 uh, to go off of the moon to create, to create a light. It says two great lights, okay? It said it created the sun, the moon, and the stars also. So let me tell you guys something. The way that scientists put it is that he started with the stars and, and the space that they call it. Space, stars. Yeah. And then he created, it says the moon, because the moon is just supposedly some rock. And, and then he created the sun. And then he created the earth. So look at the order that we have the Bible in compared to the order that they have science in. It's already a conflict. Also, Bro, you're calling it out, man. I love it. What was the earth rotating around on day three? <laughs> because the sun was not made yet. Yep. <laughs> it wasn't Dude. rotating around anything. Okay? So so let's think about that, okay? So I think that, that what the devil did is he took Genesis, he put it in a blender, and now, like I said, they're serving it to our kids. So when our kids read this, and if they read it, really read it, their mind is – it's called indoctrination. What happens is their mind is already going to uh, reject this uh, biblical – uh, as a theory, and then they're going to take evolution and Big Bang and accept it as a fact. Because as soon as you take a test on something, you think, and pl plus authority, a teacher, they're not going to lie. You know what I mean? They they think that yeah. this is a fact when it's obviously it's not. So um, we have that. 
Something also that's interesting is day one, it says it was good. Uh, day three, it was good. Day four, it was good. Day five, it was good. Day six, it was good. And then at the end, he says everything was good. But day two, I don't see that it was good. Day two is when he created the firmament. The firmament is hard. It's separating us from God. So I believe he didn't say it was good then because he's, it's something that's separating us from him. So that's just personally what I believe. You guys can look into it and find out. We also have uh, a bunch of verses that says that the earth is fixed, okay, in a fixed position and immovable, right? So we have these. I'll go, I'll go over really quick. First Chronicles 630, he has fixed the earth firm, immovable. Psalm 93, 1, thou hast fixed the earth immovable and firm. Psalms 96.10, he has fixed the earth firm and immovable. Psalms 104.5, thou didst fix the earth on its foundation so that it can never be shaken. Isaiah 45.18, who made the earth and fastened it himself, fixed it fast. Uh, and also Isaiah 48.13, mine hand has laid the foundation of the earth and my right hand has spanned the heavens. When I call unto them, they stand up together. So... So listen to this, okay? So everything is fixed and immovable. So when I talk to you about uh, what, what was it rotating around, mm. um, this is after Genesis. This is Chronicles. This is Psalms and all this stuff. They're talking about it being fixed and immovable, okay? So the reason why he, he didn't start with the sun is because he made the earth fixed and immovable. Understand that. So we have that going on. Um if you have any creepy experiences you'd like to share, contact Drewski and I at CryptoWarfare at gmail.com. Simply put in the headline what your story is about, then write out a brief summary and hit send. It's that easy. Oh, and if you're not much of a writer, email us a voice message. What's going on, guys? This is Drewski. Want to hit us up or look at uh, anything that we're throwing out there with our podcast? Look us up on Instagram, encrypted underscore warfare, and you'll find me and Z over there loading up our podcasts. And not only that, you guys will look at our titles up on top, and you can click on it. You can find us on Spotify and on Anchor. And then when you guys go on there, hit the like, hit the subscribe button on there. Also, on a side note, guys, I got a little side biz. Um, I tag up art for cryptids and stuff. You probably heard me on the Tony Merkel podcast. Instagram page is Drew's Tags. It's D-R-E-W-Z underscore T-A-G-G-Z. You guys want a painting? Hit me up. I can do almost about anything. Everything is fixed and immovable. So when I talk to you about uh, what, what was it rotating around, mm. um, this is after Genesis. This is Chronicles. This is Psalms and all this stuff. They're talking about it being fixed and immovable. Okay? So the reason why he, he didn't start with the sun is because he made the earth fixed and immovable. Understand that. So we have that going on. Um and another thing that we have to understand in the Bible, this is why people were saying there's no way that the heliocentric model could be correct, because the moon and the sun are moving in the Bible, the moon and the sun. I already talked about how the earth was fixed and immovable. Now let's talk about the moon and the sun are moving. Uh, Joshua 10, 12 through 13. Then spoke Joshua to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, Son, stand still, though uh, still upon Gibeon, and thou moon in the valley of Ajant. And the sun stood still, and the moon stayed until the people had avenged themselves upon their enemies. 
Is it not written in the book of Jasher? So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven and has not go down about a day. So understand, read the book of Jasher. It mm -hmm. also says, and when it says the sun goes down and it rises, it means coming forth. It doesn't mean that it rises up. It means coming forth in the Hebrew. So when it when people go, well, it says it goes down. It means coming forth and whatever the opposite of that, going whatever to. Okay, yeah. it, it just means it's moving. It doesn't mean that it's going down. Sometimes when I read that, I, I used to go, oh, man, it says it goes down. Man, I wonder if that means it's going down. But then if you look it up in the Hebrew. You break it down <clears> in the Hebrew, yeah. It means that it's coming forth and going whatever to whatever it is. <laughs> I don't know the opposite of going forth. So, <laughs> uh, so that's interesting. We have uh, also two geographical locations. And, and, and Joshua is not a liar, man. This Joshua and that Joshua is not a liar. Okay? Ah, <laughs> so ah, listen, <laughs> he says, he tells God that he wants the sun and the moon to stand still. And it happens. Now, if you look up uh, Neil Tyson DeGrasse, you know, the, the, the oh, yeah. Freemason yeah. onic uh, guy that controls all this narrative all the time. He says that if the earth stopped moving, that everybody would fly off the earth. Okay. Like if you're not seatbelted to the earth, you're going to fly off the earth. So if you take this verse right here and you stop and you say, no, he stopped the earth from moving, you know, then he would have to stop the earth and also the moon because the moon it is rotating around us, they say, at 2,200 miles an hour. He would have to stop the moon and the earth from, from moving, and that's what he would have to do in a certain ge geographical location, okay? So it becomes pretty interesting that he would say the sun and the moon stand still, and God made it happen. He – uh, Joshua is not a liar. Okay. Just letting you guys know that. And um, <clears throat> another one we have is Habakkuk 311. It says the sun and the moon stood still in their habitation at the night of thine arrows. They went and the shining of thy glittering spear. So we have that the sun and the moon stood still. So now that's two witnesses. Now we also have uh, Isaiah 38, 7, 8. It says the sun went backwards 10 degrees. The sun, okay, it says, and this is the sign from you from the Lord, that the Lord will do this thing which he has spoken. Behold, I will bring the shadow on the sundial, which has gone down with the sun on the sundial of Ahaz. Ten degrees backward. The sun returned ten degrees to the dial in which it had gone down. So to which it has gone away, right? Not gone down. Uh, also when it says, uh, yeah, so it, it moved ten degrees, right? The sundial. So. I think that's interesting. <clears throat> we also have the moon is a light and the sun is a light. I kind of talked about that. Yeah. Two great lights. Uh, Genesis 1, 14 through 19. And God, and understand this, listen to this, the way that this is worded. Um, and firmament, solid, stereoma. Listen to this. It says, and God said, let there be lights in the firmament of heaven to divide the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also like it was no problem. The stars don't sound like spectacular. Oh, my. Now, he said, this is how God puts it. And I made the stars also like it was nothing. Right. And they're <laughs> made <bro>. for <laughs> lights. They're made for lights for the earth. Because we are the center of creation. So he made these lights to rule the day and a lesser light to rule the night. Because he's making this, he's creating this for us, 
right? We have dominion over animals. Okay, guys, so understand this, okay? It says, he made the stars also. And God set them in the firmament of, of the heaven to give light upon the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the fourth day. So the moon is the light and the sun is the light. There's a few times, I mean, there's a lot of times you're gonna read where it talks about the moon giving off her light and the sun giving off its light or his light, sometimes it says, which I think is interesting. Ezekiel 32, 7. And when I when I put thee the out, I will cover the heaven and make the stars thereof dark. I will cover the sun with the cloud, and the moon shall not give her light. So that's it's interesting. And there's a bunch of different verses you could read. I don't want to go over all of them for, for time constraint, um, where it talks about the moon giving off her light. Even Jesus talks about it too, which I'll go over in a little bit, where he says the moon giving off her light and the sun giving off its light. So we have that. Now let's discuss the firmament. This is something that people, uh, this is the this is the part that separates us from science, you know, is the firmament. This is this is part that, you know, if you're people that are into the flat earth community, I just call it biblical cosmology, flat biblical flat earth, whatever you want to call it, okay? Um, keep in mind that the moon, the sun, and the stars are in the firmament. In, okay, guys? It says, uh, I told you guys, firmament means raki in Hebrew, and it, and 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 in Greek, stereoma. Now there was seventy-two Hebrew scholars that took the 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 Hebrew and they translated it to the Septuagint, which is the Greek. And these uh, Hebrew scholars, like I said, the Torah is sacred to them. Every single word that they are, uh, uh, you know, they're taking it from the Hebrew to the Greek is important. So the seventy-two people. They, they all chose to use stereoma, which is solid, okay? They chose to use stereoma for that word, stereoma, solid, okay? So firmament went from rakia to stereoma to now in the King James firmament. Now, when you look at the, the people that, them, that, that took the New Living Translation, the NIV, all these newer ones, they take the firmament, they turn it into expanse or sky, or, you know, they'll say heaven so that people just go, oh, well, it's just up there, you know, whatever. But firm moment. Okay, guys. So the King James, I'm not saying that you have to only believe the King James. But what you see is that when 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 there's a, when there's people talking and there's like 50 people in a row and I tell the first person something and then the 50th person takes the story and it's all jumbled, that's what happens. So we want to take it from as far back as we can because usually that's the most truth, right, and accurate. Yeah. So now there's something that they have called the Ken Hovind theory, which Ken Hovind came out with. And he says that the firmament was a solid piece of ice canopy surrounding the earth. All right. So it was surrounding the earth back before the flood. He says that. Okay. So he says that when the flood happened, that that melted, it rained and, and that protected people. That's why they live longer. Right. So, I mean, it's a great cool theory when you're believing in the heliocentric globe and you're stuck in that model but what he forgot to read is god said he put the moon sun and the stars in the firmament so you would have to have two firmaments for yeah. that statement mm -hmm. to be true but it doesn't say firmaments it says firmament so if you took that ice theory you have to put it on the outside of the whole entire galaxy and obviously that doesn't work because if that melted it's not going to do anything you know it's just going <laughs> to fly into wherever expanse it goes into 
So to me, that theory is, is not the right way to take it. What he's trying to do, like everybody else does, he's trying to take the heliocentric globe and he's trying to fit it into the Bible because he's adding that to firmaments now. Now you're not, you're adding to scripture. And what Jesus says in Revelation, if you add to this book of Revelation, you will be erased from the book of life. It's very, very important to keep it the way it says, right? If you keep adding to it, you don't need to add to it. Read it and digest it and find out what it is. So we have Genesis 1, 6 through 8. This is another part where they mention the firmament, where God says, And God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. And God called the firmament heaven, and the second day and morning were the second day. So for you to, like I said, if you want to separate waters from waters, you would put a solid uh, crystal, however, whatever. I'll I'll tell you. I'll get into it a little bit. But, yeah, solid, right? Because you have waters above from the waters below. How does that make sense Yeah. on a on a globe heliocentric model doesn't make sense um and also your spirit why do we turn into spirit the reason why we turn into spirit is because the angels come and get you when you pass away you're either absent from the body present with the lord or you're going to be taken into hell or shield in the earth okay there's the reason why is because you pass through the earth and go into shield uh or you go up to heaven right and you have to pass through the firmament which is solid i believe that us as humans we could never escape and go through the firmament it's just not going to work and i'll show you what they tried to do to try to get through the firmament (laughs) but didn't work so um and also let's keep this in mind the tower of babel Mm -hmm. why did god care about them building a tower up to heaven they were literally, if you read the book of Jasher, they were trying to get up to heaven to, to war with God because Nimrod was mad that he killed the Nephilim, his relatives, in mm-hmm. the flood. And I think that it does say that he was a giant, which I don't know, mighty man in the Bible. The book of Jasher says that he was like, you know, like a giant, like so that he had like Nephilim uh, DNA, I would say. Nephilim bloodline, yeah. So he was mad. He was angry. So he was building a tower to heaven. And in the book of Jasher, the tower is massive. It's huge. It's not like like when you read in the in the King James. I'm not saying that you need to take the Book of Jasher as uh, scripture because I don't know. I, I think it, they mentioned it in the Bible. It says it in Joshua that as in the Book of Jasher. So some of this stuff they're hiding certain things from us to make sure that we don't understand what I, what the part I'm going over and also other things. But the 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 Tower of Babel they were building it up to heaven because they were literally trying to get up to heaven and go through the firmament and 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 kill. God and and get and and be like the most high, right? Uh that's what they were trying to do. It didn't happen. But also keep in mind when God in in Revelation, God creates a new heaven and a new earth. Why does he have to create a new heaven if if it's not connected to the earth in any way? He could keep his heaven normal and then create a new earth because they're connected. Because heaven is above the firmament and it's connected to the earth. Okay, that's why you have to create a new heaven and a new earth in the Bible. That's the way I interpret it. Um, any questions so far? My mind is blown so far. <laughs> 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 Sorry, 
It was good for Sunday morning, brother. Keep it going. It's, a, it's an information dump, but it's a lot of stuff to go over. Um, so Job thirty-seven eighteen, hast thou with him spread out the sky, which is strong as um, as a molten looking glass? Okay, that he spread out the sky, which is strong, like a molten looking glass. Gases to me are not a molten looking glass. Uh, whatever they say, the atmosphere is to me that's not strong. Okay. It says he spread out the sky, which is strong as a molten looking glass. Also, we talked about the most high, right? Satan, even Isaiah 14, 13 through, through 15, it says, For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven and I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the Mount of Congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds and I will be like the most high. He says that, and it says, yet you shall be brought down to shield to the lowest pits of uh, depths of the pit. So even Satan's a flat earther, bro, because he says that, I, that God's throne is above the stars and he's going to ascend above the most high. Right. He 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 says that he will be like the most high and not above the most high, though. You notice he said that because nobody's going to be above the no, most he high. Yeah. He's at the highest part of creation. If you think about it, a firmament, water above that, the moon, sun, and the stars, which people would call the galaxy, are in the firmament. God is at the most highest point of creation. So in a flat earth model, he's way closer, and I'll show you guys how, okay? So it, it just it gets interesting, okay? He says that God's throne is above the stars. He says it right there, and Isaiah is saying that, okay? The stars, the throne above the stars, okay? That's where God's throne is located. How far away is he if you are thinking about this heliocentric, ever-expanding universe? He would be trillions upon trillions upon trillions of light years away, right? Because all these galaxies would be in the firmament. Mm -hmm. Think about that, guys. But if you think about it in the way I'm explaining it, you're going to find out that he's actually right above us, and he's looking down on us like grasshoppers. And we're going throughout our day, okay? It's in Isaiah. I'm going to show you. Um now, here's another thing. This is the NASB. Uh, uh, this, is that, this is the way they translated this verse. It's Amos 9.6. I don't read the NASB uh, 2020. I don't. But look at the way that they, they interpreted this. You know, some, some interpretations, I think they get it right. Some of them, they, they, they go with science. So this says, the one who builds his upper chambers in the heavens and has founded his vaulted dome over the earth. He who calls for the waters of the sea and pours them out on the face of the earth. The Lord is his name. And if you look at the Catholic Bible, the original Catholic Bible, when it says the word firmament, you know what it says in there, bro? It says dome. Okay? Mm. I, I, I'm not Catholic, but if you read that now, which I'm not, they don't have that Bible anymore, you know? If you read the original Catholic Bible and it said dome, Red flags would go up for a lot of people. Yeah. But us now, now that I'm it's showing you this, I'm not saying I'm showing you, God is showing you. Now, if you read it, you would understand it, right? So this this the way that they interpreted this verse, it's crazy, bro. So um now also David is talking about waters being above the heavens after the flood. So Ken Hoven, if you read this verse right here. Uh, it's Psalms 148, 1 through 4. 
It says, uh, praises ye to the Lord. Praises ye the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise ye him, all his angels. Praise ye him, all his hosts. Praise ye him, the sun and moon. Praise him, all the stars of light. Praise him, ye heavens of heavens, and ye waters that be above the heavens. He's already talking about still the waters are above the firmament in the heavens. That's David speaking. David was close knits with, with the Lord. You know, he was close knits with the Lord. And he's talking about waters being above the heavens still after the flood. So now what they were trying to say is Ken Hovind's theory that, oh, the sun and the moon are outside of this, uh, whatever this thing is, the, uh, the ice dome. Uh, but listen, the waters are still above the heavens after the flood. Okay. I think that's interesting to, to look up. Um, Ezekiel 10.1, it says, Then I looked up, and behold, in the firmament that was above the head, the cherubims, there appeared over them as it were a sapphire stone, as the appearance of the likeness of a throne. Now Ezekiel is looking up. He's close to the firmament. They were talking about a wheel within a wheel. This is the part of that, that people talk about where they're like, oh, UFOs and all this. Is bringing him up to the firmament. God's throne is above the firmament. The, the angels are below the firmament on this verse. And he says he looked up and he saw uh, it looked like sapphire stone, which is blue. Or it could be green. Or it could be uh, sapphire. It could be all colors but red. Which is interesting because red is always associated with the devil. It's crazy. But anyways, uh, the appearance of likeness of a throne. Okay, guys. So we have God's throne being above the firmament, okay? Right here, Ezekiel is talking about it. It gets interesting. Then you also have Exodus 24, 9 through 11. is another uh, verse that they're mentioning, the sapphire stone. It says, then, then went up Moses and Aaron, uh, Nadab and Abihu, and the 70 of the elders of Israel. And they saw God, the God of Israel. And there was under his feet, as it were, paved work of sapphire stone. And it was, and as it was the body of heaven in the clearness. Okay. So they saw God's throne and they saw sapphire stone, right? Same thing as Ezekiel was saying. Um, now we also have another verse, Ezekiel 126. And above the firmament that was over their heads was the likeness of a throne, as the appearance of a sapphire stone. Upon the likeness of the throne was the likeness as the appearance of a man above upon it. So God's throne right here is above the firmament, guys. Now, let me ask you guys a question. If Ezekiel went to God's throne and he had to take this wheel within a wheel and had to go all the way past these galaxies and these stars and these planets and all this craziness just to get to God's throne, I believe that he would have mentioned that. That would have been part of this Bible right here. He would have said, guys, you have no idea the unbelievable journey that I went on. Because what I'll tell you is man is infatuated with stuff like this. You could tell people are, are, are they love NASA, they love space, they love science, right? They are infatuated with it. So if Ezekiel would have traveled that far, I think he would have definitely put it and Ezekiel, don't you guys think? Oh, 100%, man. Yeah, it yeah, sounded more people. like he was local, and he went up <laughs> to heaven, and he saw God's throne. What were you saying, bro? 
I was saying, yeah, and some people will be like, well, that doesn't relate to nowadays. And I'm like, well, they try to relate it based off of the experience and things they see from their time. And I'm like, so if they didn't know what a star was, they could have called it like a fire in the sky or a planet like lands beyond ours or, or, or something along those that context. People think, oh, well, if you were from back then, you're stupid. If you're from now, you're so smart. Look how stupid we are now. We are idiots. Dude, and we're separated know. from God so Stop. much. Man, dude. <laughs> Not only that, like all the things that like just – Oh man, uh, yeah, just there's so much, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I've learned more like in my 30s, and especially now being a dad, like I've oh, been man. so present-minded. Like, yes, dude, I was a and for, idiot. <laughs> and for your audience, guys, uh, and this this podcast is like an information dump of, but this these are all scriptures, okay, guys. So, um, these gentlemen are allowing me to information dump scripture after scripture after scripture. So. We're, we're doing kind of a back and forth here and there, but this is how every single one of these podcasts go when I do the firmament and and, and I do flatter from a biblical perspective because it just is so much information that has to be fit in an hour and a half, right? We want we don't want to have you guys here for three hours, but we got to we do we're gonna have you back on, so it's oh, all yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be back on for sure. So um, okay, so next we have Revelation four six, and before the throne there was a gla- uh, there was a sea of glass like under crystal. And in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. So now we have a picture of being actually above the firmament in heaven. And it says that there's glass like unto crystal, okay, in the midst of the throne. So John is caught up to the third heaven, okay? So I think that's interesting. Um, So it's saying that there's a throne and below is a firmament and there's a sea of glass, okay? So have you guys ever heard of Operation Fishbowl before? Yes, I have. Yes. Okay, so the larger uh, 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 operation was called Operation Dominique Chama. Okay, guys, so we got to understand something. Operation Fishbowl was a series of high-altitude nuclear tests in 1962 that were carried out by the United States as a part of a larger Operation Dominique Chama nuclear test program. What they were doing uh, is they were taking Thor missiles, okay, Thor missiles, and they were shooting it up to... Uh, Dominique, which means belonging to the Lord, and Chama means fixed shell. And they were taking a Thor missile, and to me, they were trying to explode it into the firmament. The reason why they would try to do that is they wanted to see how high the firmament was, first of all, this is what I believe, and also how high they could, if they're going to shoot a missile from United States to Russia, and they're going to shoot a nuclear missile, they need to know how high the firmament is, that we don't run into it. So they don't run into it. <laughs> so Operation Fishbowl, think about what a fishbowl looks like. There's a hole in the glass, and then there's a bowl, and below that is the land. Mm-hmm. That's what the fishbowl looks like. So they're literally putting uh, truth in plain sight here. It happened in 1962. So what are they doing back then? That that was back when they were trying to um, – you know, trying to go to space, you know, whatever, quote unquote, they were oh, trying yeah, to man, I'm, all I'm this up things. right now. It's pretty interesting. And like, like you said, in 1962, there are like three tests, like bluegill, starfish and the uh, Uraka or whatever it is. But Operation Fistbowl. Yeah, that's yeah. good stuff. It is good stuff. And, and check that out, guys. Chama means fixed shell. Dominique means belonging to the Lord. Uh, and and. Some of them are going to say Operation Dominic, but if you look a little deeper, you're going to find Chama in there. And then if you start, you know, translating it, it's like fixed shell belonging to the Lord. Okay, they're trying to explode a missile into a fixed shell 
belonging to the Lord. So it gets really interesting. And then fishbowl, it's easy to see that that's obviously a dome and there's a hole in the top and they wanted to blow a hole in the firmament. But that's not going to happen because God made the firmament, okay? It ain't going to happen. Another thing I think is so interesting that a lot of flat earthers go to is Warner Von Braun. Uh, He came over. He was like a creator of the Saturn V, and he was like a director of NASA. an old German Nazi. They brought him over, Operation Paperclip. Amen. Yep, that's exactly what it is. Uh, And what you understand is Operation Paperclip, the Russians took some as well. It was like a draft pick. Let me get Warner Von Braun. Let me get this guy. The Russians took these scientists, brought them over to Russia, and they gave them regular jobs. Okay, They treated them like normal people. But America took these scientists and put them in high places. Uh, you know, uh, they put them in NASA as a, as a director. They put them in here. They put them in uh, whatever, all these different big companies. It's crazy. They become CEOs. So they got special treatment. Russia took these scientists, spit them back over to Germany. I don't even need them. But we took these people, put them in high places. So what was going on in, uh, in, in, in Germany? If you guys look up the Brotherhood of Saturnalia, okay, Saturn. Just like he made the Saturn V, they were worshiping Saturn. The Brotherhood of Saturnalia is a big brotherhood in Germany that was happening. And that's like something that's like secret society. And uh, Warner Von Braun, I don't know if he was in it, but he did make the Saturn V, you know, like he's he's all about that. So think about this. They say that he actually got saved at the age of 66, which is an interesting number. But when he died, he left Psalms 19.1 on his tombstone. And what does it say? The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Okay? <laughs> is that a breadcrumb? Maybe. Is he laughing in our faces? Maybe. I don't know. If he, in, But let's read the whole verse, because all these flat earthers say that part only. But if you read the whole verse from 19.1 to 6, there's some interesting stuff that it talks about on the sun. It says, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day utter words speech. And the night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language. With their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. And them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoiceth as a strong man to run a race. He, his going forth is from the end of the heaven and the circuit unto the ends of it, and thereof nothing hid from the heat thereof. So a circuit is like, a, and it's talking about a race. So a circuit, if you look at race cars, they go into a circle, right? So it's talking about the sun uh, moving like a strong man in a race. He is going forth and his circuit unto the ends of it, ends of heaven. So it's going all through the heavens. The sun is moving. So I think that's, it's interesting, right? Okay, so question. So Going back to that, so that's pretty much like on why um, it explains like certain parts of the world, they have long periods of more daylight than others. Yes, and and honestly, I do platter from a biblical perspective. Uh, a lot of people try to uh, tell you why, that, like you were asking me about like the lunar eclipses and this and that. Yeah. I, what happens is I, I try to just take it all biblical because yeah, yeah. I don't like to totally. just guess because – if, if I told you that the sun is in Alaska at this time because of this and, and the moon is over here because of it's that and the Bible doesn't theory, tell yeah. me that, then it's like, yeah, but you're right. Yes, yes. If you look at the the, the theory of the flat earth the way that they put it, yeah. it looks like 
that that what you're talking about, yeah, it it can, it can move and it can do the same thing that it, it does on on a globe. Okay, it can happen. It's possible. And uh, obviously, it is because the Bible is telling you so. But yes, yeah, definitely, bro. I got you. Um, uh, another thing that I thought was interesting is I told you about the three heavens where the birds fly, where the sun, moon, and the stars are, and then God's throne is above the firmament. Paul, he also talks about going to the third heaven. In 2 Corinthians 12, verses 2 through 4, I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago, whether in the body, I cannot tell. Whether out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth. Such a one caught up to the third heaven, and I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth. How that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. So Paul was caught up to the third heaven, okay? He's another one that was caught up to the third heaven. He goes up, right? What's up in a, in a, in a globe? We don't know because it keeps spinning. But it says <laughs> that he, he doesn't talk about anything about his journey being Billions of, of, of miles away, trillions of miles away, all this stuff, okay? He just talks about uh, heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. That's all he says. He doesn't say anything about the journey. It was crazy. I was dodging planets. All this stuff is rotating, and oh, my goodness. No, he wasn't saying that, okay? So I think that's interesting to, 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 to note. Uh, also, uh, dimension is another thing I think is interesting. Because when you when you think about God's throne being above the firmament, if you look at uh, Kings, he talks about a divine council. Uh, you have spirits there. You have angels. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Psalm eighty-two. Yeah, think about it on First Job uh, one six. It talks about Satan being in heaven speaking to God with the sons of gods, right? Mm -hmm. Or sorry, uh, yeah, sons of gods, which are angels. They're they're not outside of space and time because angels and Satan cannot be outside of space and time. Because they, they'd be able to read everything like a scroll, like like the Most High is able to do. They're not able to do that. They can't yeah. see the future. Now, they, they know what's happened in the past because they've been around for so long. But they can't see the future. So where are they at in the divine council? When they Or where are these fallen angels that are locked in the abyss at the deepest, the bottomless pit? They are inside space and time. So God's throne is above the firmament. I believe he can go outside of space and, or space and time. But there's obviously heaven there has to be parts that are not outside of space and time. So everybody says, God, if you ask somebody where heaven is located on a globe, everybody would tell you it's in another dimension. If you ask where hell is located, everybody will tell you it's in another dimension, right? Because they have no way of explaining it because they're not reading the Bible. But the Bible says that God's throne is above the firmament. So heaven is above the firmament. Now, I don't know exactly the location. You know, I can tell you, but... I could tell you that it's above the firmament, and I could tell you that hell or sheol is in the earth. You know, well, that's a fact too, because even God asked Satan, like, "Where'd you come? From? Where, where have you been?" Amen. Says, up and down, to and fro, inside and out of the earth. In the earth. Yep. And on the earth, to and fro, in the earth. So there's something in there that's and important. Up and to down him. in it. And he's talking to God. God would have told him, yeah. "You're lying. You didn't go in the earth because you're not allowed to. It's molten lava. What you did is you walked on the earth. So don't lie, Satan. That's what God would say." He yeah. wouldn't allow him to lie, but he said, okay, you know what I mean? Then yeah. what about my, what about Joe? That's all he went into. He didn't say yep. you're lying right now. Okay. So guys, it gets interesting. Also, when Jesus was baptized, um, it says that, and Jesus went, it's uh, Matthew three sixteen. It says that, uh, and Jesus went, he was baptized, went up straight away out of the water and lo, the heavens were open unto him. 
And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lightning upon him, and lo, a voice from heaven. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. So God is not trillions and trillions and trillions of miles away. It says that the heaven open, and he's right there, and they can hear his voice. Okay? That's what the Bible says. This is in Matthew. Okay? The New Testament. All right? And also in 2 Peter 1.17, the same thing. They said, uh, he said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. You can also hear his voice there. He's local. All right? He ain't trillions of billions, trillions of miles away. All right? Um, here's the verse I was telling you guys about, about the grasshopper, Isaiah 40, 21 through 22. It says, have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he, God, who sits up above the circle of the earth and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them out like a, a tent to dwell in. Now, here's a couple things. Circle, if you look at the flat earth model and you look, if you were looking from the firmament down on it, then you would see that it's a circle. On the outside of the circle is Antarctica, okay? Mm -hmm. And it's holding in the waters, okay? Now God is looking down on us like grasshoppers. So he's not so far away that they say, okay? He is looking down on us. He is sitting on his throne. He stretches out the heavens like a curtain. And it says he spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. If you look at the tents back then, they are a dome. Okay, they were a dome back then. So you don't put a tent on a globe. You don't put a tent on a ball. You put a tent on a flat surface. So when he says that, this is, this is the way I interpret this. It's interesting. Now, people would say circle, that means globe or sphere. No, if you look up the Hebrew, there is no word for sphere uh, in the Hebrew, okay? Circle is what he used, but there is a word for ball because in Isaiah 22, 18, uh, Isaiah says, he will surely violently turn, toss thee like a ball into a large country. So Isaiah knows the difference between a circle and a ball. He says circle, <laughs> not ball, okay, guys? So I think that's interesting. We're moving right along. We're getting close. We probably have like another 15 minutes of verses to go through, guys. So come on, bring it. No problem. Um, what about Revelation 1, 7 through 8? It says, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds the earth shall wail because of him. So you got to understand, when Jesus comes back, every eye will see if you, if he came back on a globe, a fourth of the eyes will see. But if you look at this verse right here, it says every eye will see, not some, not a little, not a, a little bit. No, he talks about every eye will see. Now, if you look at the flat earth model and if Jesus came down and every eye could see, now people say there's satellites, there's cell phones, there's this, but there's, there's tribes, Aborigine tribes and everything that, that don't have any of that stuff. Okay. If you look at it from my point of view and you looked up, which I know which way is up. Other people don't because if they're spinning and they're doing all this stuff, look up to heaven. Jesus can come through the clouds. And it also says that, that he opened up the heavens like a scroll. And if you look in there, it says that the firmament is the, he is the heavens. It says it in, in Genesis 1-6. So think about this. Let me just, let me just open your eyes to this. Um, Revelation 6.13, it talks about him opening the heavens like a scroll or opening the firmament 
like a scroll and Jesus coming down and every eye will see. Okay. So that's not hard to, to understand if you're thinking about it from the perspective that I'm explaining, but it's very hard to understand when you're thinking about it from the perspective of a globe spinning and he has to time it just right because mm -hmm. it's going 66,600 miles an hour and he's coming on a cloud. So he's flying in, trying to catch the. Oh, dang! It's going. See, that's kind of fast, you know, faster than a bullet. That wave, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but if he opens up the heavens or the firmament like a scroll, and he comes through that that firmament, oh man, it's going to be an, an awesome, awesome picture, you know. Uh, here's another thing that should make you more scared than anything. Okay, if you are thinking that this is a globe and stars are the size of suns and bigger than suns, it says in Revelation 6, 13, uh, hold on, 6, 13, it says that the stars are gonna fall from heaven, okay? It says, and the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree cast out her ultimate figs, and she is shaken upon a mighty wind, and the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together and every mountain island were moved out of its places. Okay, guys, so the stars are going to fall from heaven. Uh, if you look at it in Mark, Jesus says he's on the earth. Jesus cannot lie. Okay, he did never sinned when he was on the earth. That's what we believe as Christians. Mm -hmm. So listen to what he says right here. But in those days after that tribulation, the sun shall be darkened and the moon shall not give her light. And the stars of heaven shall fall, and the powers that are in heaven shall be shaken. What would it look like if two billion, 200 billion stars that are the size of, uh, of suns and all the stuff that they tell us, they're so exp they're huge, and if they all fell to the earth? It's not the toast. same. We would be, yeah, it'd be, it'd be, we'd be toast. So the way Jesus explains it, think about it, guys, okay? Think about that, okay? Um, I already talked about the moon being her light. We kind of went over that. Uh, light years away, we went over that. Uh, let's talk about the flood. So Genesis 7, 11. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, the same day were all the foundations of the great deep broken up and the windows of heaven were open. I talked about the firmament and there's waters above the firmament. And the windows of heaven were open. So if you look at it like a fishbowl, it's easy to fill up a fishbowl with water. All you have to do is have the water go above Antarctica, which is the highest elevation. If Antarctica is around the earth and you filled up the water, as long as it goes above Antarctica in this fishbowl, everything would be flooded. Okay, everything. If you look at the book of Enoch, it's even more, uh, you know, and, and the book of Enoch is another one. You know, I don't know the historicity of it. I, 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 did Enoch write it? I'm not sure, but it's a, it, it, it talks about the, the, the firmament was open and water came into the firmament and filled up the earth on a globe. How hard is it to flood the entire globe? It's, Come it's on, very man. little different, but if you have a firmament solid dome and they open up the, the, the firmament and the waters from above went into the, the, the firmament or, or into the dome then it's easy to fill it up. All you have to do is fill up the waters above Antarctica. Every single mountain would be covered, and just like the Bible talks about, okay? So think about it, guys. Think about this. Um, it makes more sense, right? Yeah, it does. It makes more sense. And we 
as Christians, we don't believe. It says that let God be the truth and every man a liar. That's what mm-hmm. it says. God is truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. Why? Because the truth is so important. If I taught my daughter growing up that there was no number nine, if I taught her one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten, and I never told her about nine, that is 90% truth, 10% lie. She would go through her whole entire life not knowing what the number nine is. It would change everything in her life because we have nine to fives. She'd have to try to count. She could never count to nine, right? She would never know exactly what the number nine is. That is 10% truth. Uh, or sorry, 10% lie. So you can imagine what this is doing to you in, in life, how it's changing your course, how yes. you're thinking about evolution, how you're thinking about the Bible. You're, th- you're, you're starting to turn it into an allegory, into poetry, into this, so that you're not taking the, the Torah seriously or the Bible seriously because you, you, you can't compare it with science. It is, making, it is scrambling your brain to where you cannot understand the scriptures. When I'm reading these scriptures and you take away the indoctrination, this stuff becomes understandable and digestible. Yeah. Now, you can't digest it when you have a big block between you and God that's built by science and by indoctrination of education. Okay, guys? So if you take away those blocks— But only that, too. Like, it just talks—man, dude, Josh, this is good stuff, yeah. good stuff. Um, that's yeah. when people ask, like, okay, like, why does it matter? It, it, everything matters. Everything it, it matters matters because also too talks about in scripture how you know my, my people will fail because of their lack of knowledge. There you go. You know it does say lack of knowledge, and also it talks about that the knowledge will increase yep. in the in the end times. Now the knowledge is increasing right here on this podcast. I'm not saying I'm all knowledgeable. All I'm telling you is that the Bible is speaking something, and what it is is it's all God versus satan ever since genesis 315 right ever since satan's fall but genesis 315 i will put enmity between thy seed and her seed oh what's her seed well her seed ends up being the messiah jesus Jesus christ Christ. so understand that there's a war in heaven going on at all times there's good versus evil it's god versus the devil in everything that you do so what happens is when you look at that in, in, in a in a broad range, you're always going up against the devil. So when they, when you're going to school, if you knew all this stuff as a, as a child and you're going to school, you would know what defenses to put up, what offenses to put up, right? Like I said, you're fighting against principalities of evil, not against flesh, because the flesh just do, they just have, you know, Satan moving them around because they're not following God, right? So it just turns into... Uh, spiritual battle right at all times warfare all spiritual warfare okay everything happens like that so that's the way you look at it that's how you should look at it as a christian don't look at it like oh well my pastor teaches me all day and i'm just going to believe him no you need to look into the word of god read the word of god faith comes by hearing the word of god think about this guys faith comes by hearing the word of god so right now if you're not believing what you're hearing then you might not have faith. Now, we are saved by grace through faith. Oh, my goodness. So now you're hearing the word of God, and you're not believing it. What kind of faith do you actually have? Not saying that I'm some special guy that has all this faith. I'm not saying that. I'm I'm doing. My, I'm trying to do my best, too, and I'm fighting spiritual battles myself, okay? And I'm just telling you, tell you guys what the Bible says, okay? 
Uh, and the devil knows that if you have the faith of a mustard seed, what can you do? Move mountains. mountains yeah. So that's what the devil's trying to do. Take away your faith because he wants you to not to go to heaven. So what does he do? He takes away your faith Fusing. by slowly, slow release pill is what he did as, you know, the 1500s and this. And, and you know, and, and what happened is people are indoctrinated and, 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 this, and the Catholic Church, no offense to Catholics, but they're the ones that brought this out. Okay, back then, and that Jesuits, and you know, study all that, guys, and you'll find out. Okay, so uh, think about this: we breathe out carbon dioxide, and we breathe in oxygen. There's trees that breathe in the oxygen. Or, I'm sorry, the carbon dioxide, carbon dioxide, and breathe out oxygen. There's a water cycle. Everything works, okay, in this world because God is so perfect and He's amazing. Everything works where it can be an enclosed system, no problem. Because we are breathing, the plants are breathing out. You know what I'm saying? It's a, <clears throat> it can be an enclosed system with no problem, okay? Um, I already talked about up to heaven, right? Elijah, uh, Paul, Ezekiel, all of them went up. Jesus, he descended into the earth. He ascended to heaven. He went up. Descend is to go down, okay? So up. So I kind of already put that. Um, there's also the uh, earth is a footstool. Isaiah 66, 1, thus saith the Lord, the heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Look at what a footstool is. It's flat with foundations. It is not a globe, a circle. You will never find a footstool that is a circle because it would not make sense. The earth is, it says that the heaven is my throne above the firmament and the earth is my footstool. Where, where is the house that ye build me? Where's the place? Uh, and where is my place of my rest? Okay, we have that. Um, Jeremiah 31, uh, 37. Thus saith the Lord, if heaven above can be measured and the foundations of the earth uh, searched out beneath, I will cast off all the seed of Israel for thy have done, saith the Lord. So they're not going to be able to measure out the heavens or anything because they'll never be able to get above the firmament. Okay, uh, now here's Rob Skiba. I don't know if you guys know who he is. If you guys ever want to study somebody, he he passed away from COVID, guys. He, uh, which is crazy because he was going against all that stuff. But anyways, I don't want I don't know what you, platform you're on, but uh, look up Rob Skiba's research. He was amazing in the Nephilim. He was amazing in, in in flat Earth. God really blessed this gentleman. What was his uh, name again? Rob Skiba, R O B, and then Skiba, S I K B A S, uh, and okay. look it up on YouTube. He has 210,000 subscribers. Very great. At breaking down scripture, he was very great. Okay, gotcha. um, so this is some of his research mixed with other research that I've done. So Second Thessalonians two eleven says, and for this cause God shall send them a strong delusion that they should believe a lie. <clears throat> Think about this, okay, guys. This lie could be uh, involved with the heliocentric globe evolution and the big bang theory right here's here's what's interesting there were god or uh paul was talking about the antichrist in there before and after the census so listen to this uh this is how i can i could i could kind of compare this to the mark of the beast 666 i'm gonna take all the stuff we just talked about about the heliocentric globe and show you how it connects to to 666 okay so we have <clears throat> The globe is 25,000 miles in circumference, right? Every one mile is eight inches squared. So if you take one mile 
<clears throat> take eight divided by 12, it comes out to 0.66 of a foot. If you go 10 miles, that's going to be 6.66 of a foot. 100 miles is going to be 6,666 uh, uh, feet or miles, okay? Um, or feet, I'm sorry. Also, we have 66,600 miles an hour around the sun. So that's 666 there, 666 in the math of, of how to uh, make the curvature. Uh, the Earth's circumference in, in nautical miles is 600 times 6 times 6. Um, <clears throat> We're at a 23.4 degree axis. If you take 23.4 and you subtract it from 90 degrees, you get 66.6 degrees. All right. Sir Isaac Newton started the theory of gravity, like started writing it in 1666. Okay. The force of gravity on Earth, 666 newtons. Okay, guys. The speed of sound. If you if you take it to knots, is 666 knots. The diameter of the moon takes six times six times sixty. It's uh, 2160. That's the diameter of the moon that they're talking about. Uh, the distance to the moon is six times six times 666. Comes out to the to, to 238,000 whatever it is. Okay. Uh, the Arctic and Antarctic celestial sphere is 66.6 degree north and 66.6 degree south latitude Come on, man yeah the surface temperature of uranus is six negative six times six times six degrees okay guys and there is like 20 others i could go over i don't even need to at this point okay because <laughs> of time constraint yeah that's all in this heliocentric globe okay from science okay and i'm not saying that scientists are doing this on purpose i'm telling you that this is all indoctrination for a Christian to understand. Um, <clears throat> also, let's uh, we'll, we'll probably end it here, okay? Um, in Genesis 2, verses 1 through 4, uh, it says, this is what God says, Thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. Okay? Finished. Not ever expanding. Not moving. Not all this... God said that it were finished in all the host of them. You could say uh, the host would be the stars, the angels, everything all were finished. Okay. So you got to understand that, guys. It gets interesting. I don't know if I have any other verses to go over for you guys. <clears throat> uh, understand something that stars, it says that stars are going to be judged. Okay. It talks about that. Wandering stars are going to be judged, which are like planets. What happens? People are worshiping planets. There was uh, Jupiter, Saturn, Mars. All these things were worshipped as gods. Look at look at it. The sun is worshipped as a god. Okay, it talks about it in Jude that wandering stars are going to be judged. So, are stars angels? I have no idea. You know, if you look at stars through a telescope or if you look at them through the P900 camera, it looks like there's water in front of a light. Okay, I don't <laughs> know if it's in front of the light. Behind the light, but that's what it looks like. It does not look like a sphere, like everybody says. Uh, even if you look at planets, all that stuff, it just it gets interesting. Look at it with the P900 camera, where it just takes this light and then it brings it close. You can kind of see it looks like water. It looks like if you're taking a light and you put in a bowl of water and and you turn off the light, you could see that it looks like water in front of it. It's oh, it's, it's it's really interesting, guys. Um, 
I think that's it, man. That's the whole thing, man. It always ends at an hour and 30 minutes. Perfect. That's good. <laughs> Josh, bro. That's it, man. <laughs> dude, that's hey, man. Mind blown, bro. This is good stuff, dude. And, and this is all, guys, all glory to God. Uh, yep. We're just vessels, and we're and we're here as Christian brothers speaking, and everybody yep. that's listening. Uh, you know, I I I don't get this uh, in depth into anything. I, I get so in depth in this thing because uh, there's so many verses that back it up, and and that's what we do on our show. We take a conspiracy, show you how it relates to the Bible. I try to do that on my show as much as I can. Uh, we have 97 episodes out now, and and we go through all various different conspiracies and and show you how it relates to the Bible. And I have no problem hopping on anybody's show, man. I'll go from if it's somebody's first episode, I'll hop on. If it's somebody's 1,000th episode, I'll hop on. I don't really care, you know, as long no. as because there could be one person listening right now, out of however many people you guys have that that hears this and they go, wow, that makes sense. And I'm gonna start studying the Bible. I could take this on the the, the new age. I could take this on anybody's show, tinfoil hat, anybody's show that are not Christian. And what do they allow me to do on their show? spit like 80 90 bible verses so i'm taking uh the conspiracy and bringing it to i'm sorry taking the bible and bringing it to the conspiracy theorist home that's Amen. what i'm trying to do i am trying to wake up the christians as well i yeah, like to definitely. shake them up and show them that it's not just sit there on sunday and listen to your your the pulpit and then that gentleman's the only person that's to teach you you should teach yourself you should read the bible yourself because there's 45,000 denominations. Somebody's got it wrong, guys, okay? Somebody is teaching you wrong out of that 45,000. Yeah. You better go into that Bible. You better read it yourself. And you got to understand that um, you know all Scripture is inspired by God. So you want to get inspiration from God, not from man, from science. Because God is the truth. And every man is a liar, okay? So please, guys, thank you for having me, though, man. I really appreciated this. It was, it was fun. Right on, Josh. Hey, man, yeah, we appreciate bro. you. Um, where can people find you at, man? Uh, on YouTube, just look up Josh Monday Music and Podcast because uh, I have music and podcasts on my YouTube. And uh, if you guys look us up on any other like Spotify, you can look me up as Josh Monday to find my music. And if you want to find my my podcast, is Josh Monday Christian and Conspiracy Podcast, and we go over everything from. Hollow Earth to Flat Earth to uh, Skull and Bones to Jesuits to every single thing that you can think of conspiracy-wise. The Kennedy assassination, uh, 9-11, everything. Right on, bro. Dude, we're definitely yeah. going to have you back on for part two, three, four, five. Whatever, bro. It'll be like <laughs> once. I, we'll have you on a lot, bro. So I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> if you guys have a subject that you feel like you could come on and just like crush on our show, uh, yeah, we can have you guys on in like January or something. Just tell me what subject you feel comfortable like, hey, just going and just crushing it. And uh, I'll, I'll do some research on whatever subject it is, and we could just, you know, Talk have you guys it. on as well. Right on, brother. Well, man, yeah. love you, man. Um, like I said, um, yeah, man, just a lot of lot of good wisdom, a lot of good nuggets on this. And, uh, yeah, thank me. Hey, man, we're honored, and thank you again yeah, for coming thank on you, here, bro. Thank you. Thank you. God bless All you, right. brother. I All appreciate right. it. Hey, guys, uh, just need to remind you, um, thanks, guys, for tuning in, but – like he said in Ephesians 6, 12, guys, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of this darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places, guys. So do the digging for yourself, too, guys. Get in your word um, and don't just take anybody's word for it. Get in that Bible and read it. Amen. But that's all I got, man. Yeah.
<laughs> and, you know, man, that's good. <laughs> All right, Josh. Love you, brother. Great, man. I love you, too. God bless you guys.